Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos and Blackhawk are giving away a Tesla, and that sounds pretty good when you look at the gas prices right now. If you don't want it, no problem. They're going to give you over $33,000 in cash instead. Grand prize drawings are over the 4th of July weekend, so that is coming up fast. While you're up there, you can check out their sports book. They're really loose slots. They can't say it. I can. You're going to love their food as well. Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino is a family-owned casino that treats you like family. Uh, Terry, I know you love to joke about people panicking after just <laughs> one playoff game, but I got to tell you, this has been taking, taken to a whole new level. This honestly has become embarrassing, and it has become embarrassing in some ways because of some members of the media who are just going so overboard about this. I, re- I, I, I didn't read it. <clears throat> I saw the headline today about that the Avs made a huge mistake signing Darcy Kemper. I got news for you, and I'm going to say this. If you're thinking of writing an article and you're in the media, and I've been doing this for a long time, and so have you, Terry. Anybody can take low-hanging fruit and pick it. You want to be right. You want to make a statement. You want to plant your flag. Do it before the playoffs started. Don't do it after a loss because that's easy. That's the lazy way out, and that doesn't take any courage whatsoever. You know what? If you think that, if you think that Jared Bednar isn't a very good coach and he's just a pretty boy, then say it before the playoffs. And then if you're right, you can hang your hat on it. But don't do it after the fact and then say, see, look, I, I was right after one stinking loss. This goes back as far as when Patrick Wall was here in the sense that uh, the media tended to, including me, and I, I'm a part of it, covering hockey, the feeling that, that you – evaluate first and foremost the goaltending in every game it's not just low-hanging fruit it's the easy way out and i did it too and the overemphasis and even looking at it now in retrospect saying you know we were doing that to patrick waugh and now now it's being it's being uh foisted upon darcy kemper and uh, i agree that the ongoing evaluation of him over the course of the season is fair game and that if you decide See, I see. I'm right that uh, this is not the guy who should be in the net in the playoffs. Uh, that's understandable. But to jump up every once in a while when he has these terrible games and overemphasizing and panicking that that's that to me is a little bit misguided. It's a fine line because I'm not a Darcy Camper proponent, and then I do think I do think uh, they have put too much faith in him and I'm a little perplexed by it, especially since now he seems to be having a little trouble seeing the puck and going, going back to his injuries during the playoffs. I'm wondering if he has a valid excuse, but you would think that Jared Bednar would look at that and say, Hey, wait a minute, something's wrong here. I got to go to the other guy. 
And so I'm really confused by the whole thing. But the, the, that's just such the easy way to evaluate, right. particularly when you need to grab something to be critical of and you don't know enough about hockey to necessarily to, to, to uh, jump in with opinions about anything else. Here's something else, and, I, and I'll put this out there. If you want to say that the Avs went cheap on a goaltender and they can't win a Stanley Cup title with a cheap goaltender like him, you better put out an article that says titled I was wrong if they win a title. <laughs> That's what I want to see. No, 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 no I'm the, serious. I, okay. Terry, but I the, am I am worked up about this. And you know what else I, I want to see about pretty boy Bender? I want to see a headline that says I was wrong. That's what I want to see. You want to put out something like that that is personal, low-hanging fruit? Own it. I'm the one who said I thought the Lightning were going to win in six games. I think I might be wrong. I even said that yesterday. What is so hard about saying you're wrong when you are so quick to say this is what I was right about? You got courage. You got courage. Admit when you're wrong when you throw a bomb out there. Well, the background and the context to all this is that Philip Grubauer was offered, was given a very legitimate, very positive, very a generous offer by the avalanche after last season attempting to keep him from going into uh, unrestricted free agency. And really the deal he got from the Kraken is just, was just ridiculous. And the avalanche would have been silly to match it. Not the money, but the term, the length of the contract was six years. And that's just ridiculous for Philip Grubauer. And he also did not have a very good playoff, particularly in the Vegas series last year. And so he didn't earn the right earn the adulation of his teammates or the front office or anybody else that maybe would have maybe would have given them a little more uh, context and background in in deciding to give him that kind of a deal themselves so they didn't go cheap they came pretty close to making an absolutely ridiculous signing of philip grubauer to keep him here and so it, it was nothing to do with cheapness it was evaluation and they quickly the next day signed kemper who was really the? He was pretty much the goaltender out there. He was the best goaltender out there. And by the way, they signed him. They signed him to a five-year deal, right? Seven-year deal, ten-year oh. deal. How long was Kemper signed for? He's he's uh, his contract is up. One-year deal, so they didn't <laughs> commit to him. He was the no, best guy actually, out there. They brought him in for one year. Let's see if it works. With that, that's the, that's he, the year left on his contract. Exactly. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. So Bednar, not surprisingly, non-committable, non-committal uh, about who's going to start in goal tomorrow night. Uh, it sounds like to me you're leaning towards Francois. I think he's going to start Kemper. <laughs> I think he's going to start Kemper, and you know what? He should start Kemper. You're going to. I don't. Th- I disagree with that, but I think he's going to start Camper. In this case, he was asked today about whether he would stick with Darcy Camper as a starter. And Mike Chambers was very, who was on the show yesterday and was terrific, was very adept in trying to phrase the question as, as to enable Bednar to, to disclose it to us. And we all kind of try to get them to do that. But when he asked if he would stick with Darcy Camper as a starter, Bednar said, yeah, that's one possibility. And then we all laughed. That's all he'd say. I'll give you some. Hey, Terry, there's a new phrase that's running around hockey right now. I mean, maybe it's not a new phrase, but I'm, I've been following hockey for a long time, as have you. But now suddenly this is becoming part of our hockey vernacular, and that's called the hot zone. 
the hot zone and there are graphics about it where guys are scoring oh, from, yeah. where guys the are shooting zone. from. All the, the shots came from the hot zone. They, oh, so, okay. There three in the slot. So, okay, and let, let's let's go to what Miko Rantanen said. You can't really ask for a goalie to make every save when you're giving up grade-A chances in the slot. And that's not unfair, and that's a guy who's playing, and that's reasonable, and that's a level-headed type of analysis. If guys are scoring from the blue line and the goalie is not getting you know, shielded and, and no one's standing in his way, then you know what? Then, then Kemper needs to go. If everything is in the hot zone and three goals are from the slot, I don't care how fast you are. You're not going to make most of those saves but when somebody's that close. Shot? What's you, that? Don't you think he? Don't you think he should have stopped Sorelli's shot? Don't you think Vasilevsky should have stopped Nachushkin's shot? Yeah, which that's was a, true. Which was essentially a knuckle puck. Same thing, right it over the shoulder. A, it went off a stick too. Okay. So with that, I I'm not going to say that I am vice president of the Darcy Kemper fan club. He had a bad game. Let's see what happens in game four, which is tomorrow night. It should be a short leash. I am being reasonable about this. If you pull Kemper out, you have to go with Francois the rest of the way. No, why do you say that? Because like Obey Cabell, for example, was scratched in the lineup. And now he's back in the lineup different. because of injuries. Oh, we both know it's so, different for a goalie. No, I know it isn't. It's, it's not? Isn't. It's no. not? It's not different no. for a goalie? No, it is really. It's the, same, it's the same mindset. No, I don't know a, about that. The goalie, he can sit out, and he, if if he has pride, if he's uh, if he's a tough, if he's if he is resilient mentally, he will he could come back into the lineup and play well. No, I'm that's saying a big, about that's I'm, a big that's a big cop out when you say well, you can't once you remove him from the number one role, you can't put him back. No, in. I know you can put him back in. I get that physically, you can do that. I'm saying, what does it do? For the team, when when you have your goalies on a merry-go-round in the Stanley they Cup final, they understand that they're they're very mature guys. They're intelligent guys. They understand the ways of the world. If you're not playing well, you should get yanked, and you shouldn't be automatically be put back in the line. Now you're saying if Francois would have any hiccups at all, then they they would go back to Camper. Well, they they probably would, but the p- point of the matter is that that's the way every it is with every other position, and I have no problem with treating goaltenders like that. All right, coming up after the break, how much of this falls on Kemper? How much of it really does? Also, we knew the goaltending was probably going to be a problem at some point. Obviously, didn't want it to be during the Stanley Cup final. Is this something we should have expected all along? And could Nazem Kadri be back in the lineup soon? We'll talk about all of that next. So the silence that allows for my mind to run around with my ear up to the ground. I'm searching to behold the stories that I told when my back is to the world that was smiling when I turn. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Look out for yourself. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right, Terry, for the most part, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how good has the Avs defense been throughout the playoffs? Eight. Eight. What was their number last night? Uh, four. Okay. They're terrible. They were terrible. T- Taves and Makar are struggling a little bit right now, especially in that game last night. And it's a, it's a bit of a mystery, but I think they'll snap out of it. I think they'll snap out of it too. Now, how much of it was truly on Kemper? Because you only look at A lot the, of it. A lot of it. A yeah. lot of it. You still need your goaltender to be be pr- a prime evidence of stealing a game or getting in the other team's head in the playoffs. Every once in a while, the goaltender just has to rise above the way his team is playing and steal a game. Mm. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And, and Kemper's not capable of that right now. And until he does it, there'll be a kind of a shaky, shaky lack of confidence among his teammates in him. You know, they're saying all the right things. They they understand that he's in the spotlight. He's under pressure, but they're trying to they're trying to build him up. And that's when the funny thing about it is it wasn't noticed as much because we weren't paying attention. But the fact of the matter is these guys have spent the entire season uh, building Darcy Camper up for this moment, perhaps because he he would have a decent game and the Avalanche would build it up as if it was like the second coming of Patrick Waugh or the second coming of Martin Brodeur. And in this case, it was very uh, transparent. What they were trying to do is build him up for the playoffs. And in this case, he's just not that good. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you. How many of those goals last night were soft goals? Uh, at least two. Two. Two or three. Really? So, But then there's, then there's goals. See, but the, you're, you're making a mistake of trying to divide them into tough goals and soft goals. The great goaltenders, the guys who rise to the occasion, will make those saves. Yeah, because yeah, Vasile, yeah, Vasilevsky they they gave up six goals in the opener in the Eastern Conference Finals and seven goals in the last game. They, they don't sit there and say, well, well, those are tough goals. We can't blame him. No, they say he's, they need to be able to say Darcy Kemper saved our bacon. And he hasn't done that yet. How many goals? Needs, how many goals did he give up it. in game two? I'm not going to say he gave up zero. Oh, he wasn't. Wow. Now, Isn't you that he, interesting? You, you zero. Thought, so you watched zero. that game and you, you, you watched that game. Hey, Eric. Come on. Zero. Eric. Point zero. So you're saying you watched that game and you were very impressed that he was he was ultra tested and he was terrific and he rose he rose he rose uh, to the occasion to make a, to have a shutout. With, with so few shots. I'm saying he was not good in the last game. I'll be the first one to say that. That is correct. Okay. And he, I, was, he was not superlative in the shutout game either. And I realize that may seem a little bit How can you not be superlative if you make you every save? He didn't have tough saves to make. Oh. The, the avalanche played great in front of him. 
Mm-hmm. They were, that was their best game they, of the year right. in a lot of ways. Right. And so Darcy Kemper was a beneficiary of that. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that he was te- that he was terrible and had a shutout. I'm saying he wasn't severely tested. And there's going to be a time in the playoffs, and there has been a time in the playoffs, where he has been tested and he needs to ride the, rise to the occasion. And if they win the Stanley Cup, if they get – if they get the additional wins necessary to win the Stanley Cup, but the two more, he's going to have to steal one of those games. I'm not going to debate that because I believe you're right. Does he need to be better? Absolutely. I think everybody, you can make the case, needs to be better. However, for your goalie, you absolutely need to be better. I am not going to argue that one bit. But he was terrible. He was terrible in how many games has he truly been just awful in? Uh, oh, I don't know. I, I didn't sit here and put check marks next to the entire schedule. You I, mean in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean the eight-six game against Edmonton. I mean everybody. I think I think even I scored a goal in that game. <laughs> yeah, you did. Right. So when when you look at what he has done so far in the playoffs, okay, uh, when did he get knocked out of the Nashville series? It was in Nashville, so would have would have been game three or four. Okay, so I think it was game three because Francois came on for the last to get the last two wins. Right. So in the in the Nashville series, uh, it's fair to say that <clears throat> what was the first game? Seven two. That yes, right? that sounds right. Yeah, he gave up two goals in game two. Uh, he gave up one goal in and then in game three. Um, what was the final? Actually, this game log's not even good. So, because I'm looking at his game log. He's had a couple of bad games. About three. Is that okay? Okay. I mean, is for all the games they've played, uh, so they've played now 17 games, you can make the case he's had three bad games. Other than that, he's been fine to better he's than average. Good. He's been okay. He needs to be better than okay. So, okay. That's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. Because I agree with you, of course he needs to be better. But when your team is turning over the puck, and then you're giving another team a shot in the slot... But that happens. That happens. The goalie has to rise to the occasion, get in the head of the other team, be terrific, and and stand on his head and do all those other things you hate to talk about. That is part of winning the Stanley Cup in nine times out of ten. Right. And I do... See, we we agree... More than we disagree. I just don't agree that you yank him for the rest of the series. But you don't have to do that. You 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 yank him and see what happens with Francois. You're not committing. You're not signing a document to say that uh, now that I've I've taken Kemper out of the starting spot that he can't start again or he can't come back. I can't think, come back. I think we both knew that the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions going home knowing if they lose. They're cooked. You knew that they were going to play better. Well, we talked about that. That's right. So, but let's put it all on Kemper when the defense, you, let me use my Scottish here, was absolute shite. What's that mean? You figure it out. My, my wife's oh. Scottish. Oh, okay. It was absolute shite. That's what it was. Are, are you wearing kilts now? No, I don't. I, I, wear, I wear dresses, though, because kilts are really expensive. <laughs> And because it's summertime, I don't want to wear that that wool because it's just so heavy. Have you established the fact that you are the king of the castle yet, or are you admitting that you are never going to be the king of the castle? 
Meaning what? That I wear, in theory, using the, the phrase, I wear the pants in the family? Yeah. We are absolute equals. That's why we get along so well. Okay, great. We are equals. Why? And, and with you and Helen, who, who wears the oh. pants in the family? Oh, Helen does. I know. Helen, I, I met her for the first time uh, before the wedding, and I could tell within not even 10 seconds who wore the pants in that family. Yes, you were right. <laughs> Mandy. There's the old there's there's the old honeymooners episode where Ralph Cramden admits to the uh, on the street reporter that he is the king of the castle right. and the, and then the the rest of the plot is him him trying to trying to prevent Alice from actually seeing that article because he'll be in big trouble. Exactly. Cadre uh, on the ice today. Optional skate. Is it? Do they desperately need him back on the ice for tomorrow? No, because he's not going to play. They're getting a little overly excited about him because he's he's still not to the point where he can be a productive member and be a positive. He he, uh, there's just he there's too many things he can't do with that, and I don't think he's going to play. He I actually wrote about it in, in uh, on Colorado Hockey Now, and there's actually a picture of Nazem Kadri going through this optional skate, and that, the picture the picture is taken by yours truly. Oh. I actually figured out how to do it, and we posted it. So there's a picture of Nazem Kadri at the optional skate, right. and he, he he shot the puck better, and he's he's getting there. And uh, as as uh, Jared Bednar noted, that he he's he is getting close, and he said that that he, but he doesn't. He was very careful to say not to not to be caught saying when Nazem Kadri might play. He said he's getting closer. He, he's making progress, but he said this many, many times now. But he's he's he said that he he's probably he doesn't know when he's going to play, and I think the answer to that is he might play in Game Five, maybe. So let's look at last night's game in its totality. We've already talked about Kemper. We both agree that he needs to be better. No one, no reasonable person is going to argue that. But then again, I, I'll I'll use. I'll use the analogy that I used yesterday, talking about cuts of meat. He's not a filet mignon. We knew that. He's not a ribeye. We knew that. He's not a porterhouse. We knew that. He's a sirloin steak. We're trying to say he needs to be a ribeye. He's not. And he's never truly been that way over the course of his whole career. We knew that. If the defense play... if the defense plays better, you said they've been an eight throughout the playoffs, which I would agree. They were a four yesterday, which I would agree. Was there something in last night's game as you were watching it that you were thinking, oh, maybe Tampa figured out how to solve the Rubik's Cube that is the Avalanche? Well, I thought the most important, the, the turning point of that game was when the goal was disallowed because it took so long to do and if if the if the appeal had not worked, it'd be power one play. to nothing, yep. and they'd be on the power play. See, I was, can very, I disagree with that? Can I, no, a, a major. It would have been a major possibility that yep. the Avalanche would have been had two to nothing. Well, yes, we but we don't here. They were already had one nothing with with Landis Scog's goal. So I mean, it, that's let, right. Let, let's let's think about this logically. So let's say it is a goal. Do you think, looking at a clock, that those players would have been on the ice at the exact time in the exact spots to score that particular goal? The answer is no. 
The answer is no. absolutely. That's my point. So we don't. That I don't know if that goal would have been scored. Maybe two goals would have been scored. But Landeskog would have not scored that goal in that spot at that moment on the clock. Wouldn't have happened. Because you're it, uh, you're you're giving the remember the John Miller theory of don't, don't assume that the same things would have happened. That's right. Because they wouldn't have. Maybe something better would have happened. Maybe something worse would have happened. But the Avs still had a one nothing lead. Period. And yes. To your point, if that isn't overturned, then they are on the power play, and then suddenly they could be up two to nothing. But do you think, forget about that one moment, looking at the entirety of the game, do you think Tampa figured something out, or they just felt a sense of urgency and the Avs were flat? Yes, I think that the Avs were flat, and also the lighting, it was was a perfect storm, but the lighting also... Playing at home, realizing they they were our team that has shown the resilience during the playoffs, and they can turn it on that way. They're still the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, and uh, they they awoke they woke up and played well last night. Sometimes the biggest adjustment is quite simple. The biggest adjustment is you just play better. Right. I think the the biggest stunning element of this series so far has been the huge swing in momentum in those two games. Uh, you know, I I'm not at all surprised the Avalanche are ahead two to two to one in this series. I don't think you are either. Although, you know, your your pick of the Lightning d- didn't say that it would be a sweep or anything like that. Right. And so in this case, I don't think I think it's a, the the big surprise to me is the score of the two the two routes. Sure. I didn't ex- I did not expect that. I don't expect it to happen the rest of the series. I think we're going to see conventional lower scoring games the rest of the series. Okay, I'll 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 give you credit because you you have said this in the past. Who has the better team? Who has the better roster? <clears throat> who has Colorado? The- okay, so. Let me count this up. One, two, three, Uh-oh. four, five, six, seven. I hate it when you start counting here. Well, I'm done counting. Okay. So they lost to the Blues five to four. Well, let's let's look at this in its entirety. Before last night, they had won seven games in a row, including a sweep in the Western Conference Finals. Including of the a, Oilers. Yes. Including a seven to nothing whitewash of the Lightning. They haven't had really one teaching moment, one teachable moment from Bednar during that time because almost every game was at least a two-goal win. And but they, they, been, they, they won the game one in overtime, though. Say it again? Oh, that's they right. They won. Right. A, a game one in overtime. I'm saying only a couple of those games mm-hmm. have been one-goal games is what I'm saying. They won following the Blues loss. They won 3-2, then 8-6, then 4-0. Then four two, then six five. So there's another one. There's another one goal game. Then four three. So there there have been three of the seven games have been one goal games. My point is, they had a two nothing lead over the light, Lightning. They're traveling, feeling really good about themselves. They got off to a good start, and then I don't know what happened. Whatever happened, happened. They wound up losing the game. I think they will come back more refocused. I think they win tomorrow night. I think, I think it's going to be. I, I'm going to stick with the fact that I believe going in it was going to be two to two after four games, right? Really, regardless of how that was engineered and configured, and, and I think in this case I'll have to go. I'll have to go with Tampa Bay to win tomorrow night to get the series to two to two. And you know what? That's a good prediction. It's it's hard not to think that well. Tampa Bay will just continue. I just don't see this defense playing as a four again. 
Do you? No, I don't. Right. I think you're right on that point. I think they will be better. So if they're better cycling the puck out of their own zone, and they're not going to be as giving up as many shots, so that means Kemper has less of a chance to make a mistake. Coming up after the break, not really a surprise, and this is something that you've talked about a lot, Terry. Why did why do we have ugly moments when a team is getting blown out? The Avs have done such a great job of keeping their composure. Then again, they've been winning pretty much throughout the entire playoffs. But last night was their first real butt kicking, and they did lose their composure. Why is this such an NHL tradition? And is it stupid? Does it really send a message? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, smileisports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale on the public, Go to rmfp.com. Real quick, uh, before we get to what's trending, uh, I read something, and maybe I misread it, uh, but you're down there and you're in the press box. Have you heard anything or anyone complain about the ice conditions in last night's game? Uh, at one point, uh, Jared Bednar talked about about uh, 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 Devontae's error being attributable to bad ice conditions. So, yes, I have heard about it. Okay, so there is something when you have home ice. <laughs> that, okay, and I'm going to go there, and I'm actually going to go there. So when he said bad ice conditions, what do you think he meant? Oh, it, it was so humid here last night. There was a monsoon about game time. Uh-huh. In fact, in fact, after I left the show and was going down to the arena, it, the skies opened up, right? And I ended up taking an Uber down to the arena, a very short ride. It it it, it was just. Uh, uh, steaming, and right. so I think that can, that contributes. That contribute like like it used to be in Buffalo. You remember those? I do. Yeah, the fog game, the fog game yeah. against the Flyers. So let me ask you something. This for anybody that doesn't believe this happens in baseball, you're nuts. And Nolan, I know that you do a baseball show, so listen up here. Uh, there are baseball teams when they are playing a team that has a lot of speed in their lineup, meaning the visiting team. <laughs> What what do you do with the infield grass? You, cut, you let it grow. You, no, you don't let it grow. I know. You you do the opposite. You cut it shorter so the ball gets through the infield faster, right? So you can get the speedy guy going to first. So let's think about this for a second. Tampa's had a tough time keeping up with the Avs speed. So if you make Oh, the, you're going there. You're going there. I am going there. So if you make it, you could always find a way if, if the ice conditions have to be, I don't know, uh, 20 degrees, maybe you turn it to 27 and that slows that slows up a fast team, doesn't it? Well, the, the problem with that is, in this case, the NHL is pretty much in charge of the ice once you get to this point. OK. And they have they have their All own right. experts who come in. Dan, uh, Dan Craig was always the 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 noted guru of ice conditions. And I don't know if he's. 
I don't know who's who that equivalent is now, but in this case, the NHL is in charge of the ice at this point. Yeah, because the uh, the Rockies probably never played with the human <laughs> ever. Time now no. for what's trending. What's trending is presented by Low T ninety nine testosterone treatment made easy and affordable for just one hundred and twenty nine dollars per month. They'll send you testosterone supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to Low T ninety nine dot com. Okay, so after, or I should say, as game two was ending, uh, you saw the t- Tampa taking as many cheap shots as they could against the Avalanche, and then you can make good the- old Corey Perry. I love Corey Perry. I oh, do. Geez. I would love to have him on the Avs. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. He's the guy. So you that- think he's he's a little Claude Lemieux? No, at least Corey Perry's willing to fight. Well, eventually, Claude Lemieux is willing to fight. Eventually. No, but he, he did. Tur- no, he, he did turtle up to that point. He, yes. No, no, he was a turtler. Corey Perry's not a turtle. He's a pest. That's what he, Matthew Barnaby. He was a pest. But then again, Matthew Barnaby was willing to fight. Right. I love Corey Perry. I would love. I would love him on the Avs. He's a guy you hate to play against because he is a pest out there. With that, um, the Avs have been great about keeping their composure. Are you surprised at all that they just kind of said, you know what, f it, and we're just going to start throwing fists? I, I'm only surprised because it was the Avs. I think I'd like, perhaps I'm a little naive. I'd like to think they were better than that instead of indulging in the NHL tradition of once a game's out of hand, especially in the playoffs, deciding you have to send a message for the next game. And some of it is just pure frustration. Right. It isn't necessarily a, a calcul- calculated effort to uh, send a message, but it's it's just an in it's just silly. It's it's the NHL at its worst. It and it isn't just it isn't just this series. It's all the other series with the Rangers and everyone else. It, it's just the tradition. It's just silly and it's stupid and it demeans the NHL. They're better than that, and so are the Avalanche. Should be better than that, you know. And I think we all know um, this is not a playoff example, but the, the one reason that facilitated Todd Bertuzzi's attack on Steve Moore in Vancouver that night in March 2004. Was that the score of the game was five to nothing? Right, and, and Bertuzzi would not have gone after Steve Moore had the score had the game not been out of hand. It's just an NHL tradition, and it's the idea that you're you're being kind of meek and accepting a decisive loss if you don't turn the game ugly is just ludicrous. There's only one way to send a message at the end of a game: win and, the game. No, no, no. You you know you're going to lose the game. There's only one way to truly send a message. I'm serious. It's not slashing somebody and breaking their leg because you'll get suspended for that, right? It's right. not It's not cross-checking somebody in the boards because you'll probably get suspended for that. You need to find a way legally to take a guy out of the series. And what I mean <laughs> by that is, and I'm being serious about this, you got to find a way to connect perfectly with the guy's face, shatter his nose, then he's done, and you're not going to get suspended for it. You can't do anything cheap. So be a better fighter. If you're going to be in that situation, make sure you make sure that this guy that you are fighting cannot play the next game. That's the uh-huh. only way you can. Other than that, what are you trying to prove? Nothing. Nothing. So you better break somebody's nose or you, you better make sure that you hit him so hard in the, in the eye that, that he goes Darcy Kemper and he can't see. Other than that, you're going to wind up getting suspended. Yes, you you will be right. And nope, I agree. All right, what do we have coming up on uh, Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed that. 
We had a uh, texter who shot us their thoughts on Darcy Kemper's performance in Game 3, so I'll uh, share those with you guys after the break here. I'll also talk a little bit about the NHL Awards, which are going on tonight. They're going to be giving out the Vesna, uh, the Hart Trophy, Vizina. and the Norris, uh, among others. So we'll talk about the finalists for those, and we'll uh, see what your thoughts are on the voting process, as well as who's going to win. Vezina. I believe it's Vesna. Terry, is I, it Vesna? I think it's Vezina. It's Vezina. Come on, guys. That's coming up next. You know right it's here, Right this, here on this Afternoon. This is an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Always is, Terry. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale on to the public, go to rmfp.com. I am in studio uh, for the majority of the week. Terry right now is in Tampa covering the avalanche and the lightning. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Earlier on in this first hour, you guys were talking at length about Darcy Kemper's performance in goal in Game 3. And we had a texter who chimed in on the Go Fast Energy Drink text line, uh, 303-831-1340. He said, Kemper looks like he was blocking with his eyes closed, head down, not square. And then another text, Pucks sliding up his pad into the net, his eyes are closed. So probably not a great strategy to try to play goalie with your eyes closed. No. I can't confirm that that's what Kemper was doing, but maybe uh, it was something new he was trying. That, well, new, the, new coaching strategy, on, uh, open your eyes. It depends on whether you're figure, figure, uh, figuratively saying that or literally saying that. I think in this case it's very obvious to me without having uh, without having examined him or brought in my optometrist to confirm it that he's having a, an eyesight issue. So he might as well have his eyes closed. Wow. That was kind of hateful. Well, he did get poked in the eye, so maybe there is still some, some lingering effect from that. He keep the other eye open. That's Maybe <laughs> he needs to wear an eye patch, and that would solve everything. There, that's right. And just like yesterday, he'd get Captain Hooked from the ice. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, just, just in case, laugh, you, just in case you missed it, the 2022 NHL awards ceremony is this evening. Uh, they'll be handing out the Hart Trophy, 
the Vesna Trophy, the Norris Trophy, and some others. Uh, I want to focus on those three because those are three of the big ones. The finalists for the Hart Trophy, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Igor Shesterkin. The finalists for the Norris Trophy, Kale McCarr, Roman Yossi, Victor Hedman. Both those awards are voted on by the Pro Hockey Writers Association. The Vesna Trophy, however, for which the finalists are Jacob Markstrom, uh, UC Saros, and Igor Shesterkin, that award is voted on by the NHL general managers. So what do you think about that voting process? Terry, if I'm not mistaken, you're a member of that Professional yes, Hockey Writers Association. So why the difference for the Vesna Trophy? I, I, I don't even know the answer to that. I was a longtime vice president and chapter chairman of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, so I was heavily involved in the voting throughout the years. Uh, I don't know why the Vesna... The, uh, the Jack Adams Award, also for the co- top coach, is voted on by broadcasters. So they've kind of separated the voting responsibilities. They also have added some, the Professional Hockey Writers Association has added some kind of uh, adjunct voters to the process, too. It's not just the writers. Terry, are you still, uh, are you still, did you vote for the? Yes, uh, I did. Okay. Uh, let me ask you, how many games this season did you watch uh, Shesterkin play? Oh, uh, probably 10. 10. How about uh, Soros? How many uh, games did you watch him play? Maybe five. Five. Um, that's why writers should not get a vote, period. <laughs> because what they're going to do is they're going to look at numbers and who's going to wind up winning the Norris Trophy. I think you do your homework too. It's not no, 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 direct, you, no, no. You don't. You don't do. You don't do your homework watching a guy play defense unless you're going to go back and look at tape. Unless you're going to be lazy and look at plus minus. So, do you think the GMs watch significantly more games than the writers? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, then those are the guys who should be voting. I'm sorry, all due respect, you take it out of the hands of the people that barely watch. And I'll give you credit (laughs) because you probably watch more games than your fellow writers. They should not be writing. They should not be voting. You should you should give it to God. You should give the votes. The the people who should be voting are people who are hockey analysts, guys who watch the games all the time. Guys, the Professional Hockey Writers Association will tell you that specialist writers are just as intelligent and, it's and, a, and knowledgeable of the game. It's about watching. Because I could tell you right now, after watching this year's playoffs, you would say without hesitation, Kale McCarr should win the Norris Trophy. Because not only is he scoring like he has all season, but you can see how great he is defensively. Quick yes or no. You would agree with that, Terry? No, I don't. Roman Yossi's had a terrific year, too. Is he is he better than McCarr defensively? For most of the year, he for much of the year, he's been at least on a par with Kale McCarr and, and sometimes better. Him winning the Norris Trophy would be defensible. I voted for Kale McCarr. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I put it through my homer filter and felt as if that I was not doing it that way. But I would, I, Roman Yossi, voting for him is eminently defensible. Well, okay, let me ask you a question. Is Roman Yossi a top five player in hockey? Yes. He is? Yes. Who would you rather have, Yossi or Makar? Oh, I'd rather have Makar. Then, then he's the winner. Because of the No, age. then he's the winner. No, then, you know, you're not asking. That's not what you're asking when you voted the process. You're, you're saying who's better right now. Uh, K.L. McCarr is going to be a terrific player and already is a terrific player, perhaps destined to become the best defenseman of all time. But voting for Roman Yossi is defensible. Yeah, because... Actually, uh, actually, so voting for Victor Hedman would be too. He's the other finalist. 
I guess I, I guess, voted for McCart. I guess the question is, when I look at this, if I just this should be the only lens I think that you look at it through. If you had to pick one of those defensemen, one of those players up for the Hart Trophy, one of those guys up for the Vesna. If you had to start a team with one of those guys, who would it be? Whoever your answer Kale, is, whoever Kale your McCarr. right, whoever your answer is, that's the winner. Period. No, I don't, I it's don't really not that, that complicated. That, that's not the, necessarily the criteria. If, for that particular year, it is. Who would you vote for the Hart Trophy? McDavid. I think I voted for Austin Matthews. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure I voted for Austin Matthews. And by the way, the the voting will be disclosed here after the fact, so we will be called upon to defend to, to defend our votes. Good. Writers should not have the the GM should be part of the vote. I voted for Moritz Sider of the uh, Red Wings for the Calder Trophy. Right. I voted for Kale McCarr for the Norris. Uh, for the and- Selkie, I voted for Michael Pekka. That was, <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you got a kick he, out of that. He, he's 58 years old. I know, I know. I used, to, I used to date his wife. He's a great guy. And that's not an exaggeration. I used to date his wife. With that, that was Mountain High uh, Appliance. When, when did you date his wife? When I lived in Buffalo before she met him. Oh, okay. Kristen. Nice Just girl. Just making, sure making sure of the timing here. Well, go, go look it up. When he was there, when I was there. I was there from uh, 94 to 96. Go look her up. Anyway. Okay. We went on a date. That was it. And, I, and if you were sitting here in the studio, I'll tell you why I'm the one in theory that said, let's not go on a second date. But either way, I'm happily married now. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you could walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. You can't do that at the big box stores, but it's your sales staff that really makes the difference. They can help you design an entire kitchen or get you something to fit your budget. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. By the way, guys, I'll tell you why we had one date. Uh, Danny and Nolan, you're going to love this. Terry, too bad you're not in studio. Coming up after the break, Brian Engblom. Pretty good hockey analyst, won a couple of Stanley Cups. He's the color guy for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He'll join us next. If you close your eyes, doesn't feel like